Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires and this, the Fullness of Time teaching series. We would love to invite you to come and join us at church. We meet at 10.30 a.m. at Revival Fires in Dudley. Come and join us. We know that God has got a plan just for you. so often we can get into you know the ordinary the regular and we can miss something of the special even in the sacred times you know sacred times is like a Sunday morning and um, or like the different times where we are celebrating the life of the church together and uh, I don't know about you but I've been reading through the um, gospels and again, just trying to pick up this theme of when the time has fully come and moving with the timing of God in our lives so that we can pick up what God is wanting to do with us so that we don't feel like we're a ship just adrift in the ocean and just picking up whatever wind or whatever current is taking place. The wind is what's happening on the outside. The current is what's going on underneath. And sometimes there's a lot more going on underneath than there is on the top. And so all of these things so often we can forget. We can forget where we have come from. We can, we can be on a journey and realize that the presence of God is not with us. And we have to understand, well, why is his presence not with us? And the story I want to really focus on this morning that will even help us. You see, we have to be led by what the kingdom of God is about. We had a whole meeting, the whole of yesterday, people coming into the church, wanting to know what our vision was, wanting to know what our values were. Well, we believe in the kingdom of God. We believe that there is a king who's on his throne and he is sovereign. And because he's sovereign, that he has a people who are willing subjects. Hallelujah. Give him praise this morning if you love him. And out of that, it isn't a sense where we are into rigid obedience. It is a love relationship with Jesus. And it's because we love him, we allow him to speak into our lives, to change our lives. Amen? Amen. And so for us this morning, see I want to bring you right back center ground again. To gather around his presence. See, that's what it's all about. When we're talking about the timings of God, it's to gather around his presence. And when we gather around his presence, there was a song that we used to sing in the John Wimber days. Your presence, Lord, is the answer to the longings of our hearts. Listen, every heart has a longing. And sometimes we're looking in the wrong places in order to meet the longings of our heart. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is able to meet every longing in the heart of man, no matter how deep that longing is. Give him praise. And so for us today, for us today, I want to just talk about Jesus, you know, often just 
as you read the story of Jesus, he often is in the same place doing the same things. You know, the last time I was speaking was when Jesus was brought to the, te- to the temple, as was their custom. Listen, that word there, custom, is not the word for as it was a law. It was as they just gathered together. The word there is the same word that we would get ethnicity from. It's just the things that we do according to our background. And so for us as a church this morning, we're gathered here because it's our custom. It's our ethnicity it's part of our culture as believers to gather on a Sunday it's as simple as that and listen we never want to get into the ritual of it but we want to get into the richness of gathering together around his presence amen And so you find that with Jesus and with Mary and Joseph, they went up to the temple as was his, their custom in order to perform a particular rite. And that rite was circumcision because Jesus was part of a lineage connected to a covenant with Abraham. It's not a history story, let me tell you. And so here, the next time you see Jesus... He's a boy of 12 years old, and that's what I want to focus on this morning. And, um, you know, I, I said last time, it's about how we progress. How are you progressing? Sometimes in our progress, we need to go back in order to go further. Can you see now, I'll bring that out as I shared this morning. But you see, so often we can move to a place and we wonder how on earth we got there. I don't know about you, but you can put your sat-nav on. If you're in a different country, you put your sat-nav on and, um, and you wonder how on earth you got to the place which you're, you've got to. Because, you know, you were wanting to go somewhere else. And, uh, you know, and so often, if you're like me, I like to know where I'm going. I like to see the little map that's going to tell me how I get there before I put it on to start the journey. Um, Because I want to know if it's going to take me in roads that I already know or some other way, which often ends up being longer than what you thought or what you knew. What you supposed was going to be a certain trip ends up being a longer trip. And so here for us, Jesus is at this place where he is in the temple at the age of 12. Let me read to you what it says in Luke chapter 2. Listen to this. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. See, that isn't, that isn't just, it's just put there. That's what Jesus did. These were the pilgrim feasts. These were the moed of God. These were the appointed times where people would go on a pilgrimage. And so at that time, he would go up there. Now, during this particular time, 
As it was the time of the feast, the time of Passover. Now listen, Paul also kept the feast. Listen, don't think it's all Old Testament. This is for us. Why do we celebrate Passover in a few weeks time? It's because we remember there that Jesus went to the cross. Why do we celebrate Pentecost? Because we're wanting to remember that there the Holy Spirit was given. Why do we remember the harvest feast or the the feast of the fall or the autumn? It's because we remember that there is a great ingathering of people. See, those were the pilgrim feasts. And so for us, this is just so that you can understand why we celebrate certain things. But then in the celebrating of a certain thing, another thing then begins to um, pop up, um, so to speak. And that is here. They went up to the feast, but then they did something according to their custom. Now the custom was the right where a boy becomes of age, so they call it the bar mitzvah. Now listen, you can't find the bar mitzvah in the Bible. It's a custom. It's what they did. And they still do it today. But so often we can get into the legality of things. And because you say, well, my children never had a bar mitzvah. My children didn't. Does that make them any less a person? Of course it doesn't. Have there been times since then that we have prayed for them as they have gone through or out of their tens and into their teens? Yes, we have. Why? It's just a good thing to do. You know, it's not going to cause God's wrath to fall on you if you don't do it. You understand? It's just a good thing to do. Praying for your children. It's just good. And so listen, I just want to lay some things out just to help us. Because I believe God wants to meet with us. See, and the whole thing about this story was that the presence of God was in the temple. And he was in the temple here, according to their custom, when a child was of age to embrace and become part and involved in the father's business. Now, isn't that a good way of looking at Jesus? He comes to this place as a custom But you begin to see that underneath there is a deeper significance and the deeper significance is that Jesus is there because he is about his father's business. At the time he came of age, he was making a statement through not the words that he spoke, but the life that he lived, that he was there and he was there to embrace all that the father had for him to do. Isn't that amazing? And just in that story, and so here, he was up there according to the feast to celebrate the feast of Passover 
When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. There's that word. According to their tradition or according to their ethnic customs. And so here, Jesus is there. Listen, let me tell you. We have different people here from different backgrounds, different ethnicities. Listen, celebrate. Celebrate your customs. Celebrate who you are as people. There is nothing wrong with it. So often is we're wanting to Christianize everything. And listen, there's a lot of things that we do even as Christians that are just customs. It's just what we do. Now listen, they're good. But don't think that you can't celebrate the way that you celebrate things. And listen, I'm not talking about going to the temples, going to visit the idols, all of those things. I'm just talking about just the the everyday ways in which we celebrate life. Hallelujah. God is with us. And we need to celebrate. And so here, that's what they were doing. And as it reads on, it says, according to the custom, after the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unawares of it. Listen, there is a missing person. Now, parents, I mean... You know, we often look at Mary and Joseph. I wonder how good of parents they were. You know, here they are. Their son's 12 years of age. That's Beth's age. And um, they've gone off. And um, a whole day has passed. And Beth is not with them. Oh, it's okay. Beth knows her way around. There's other people in the family here. There's some friends that we've got. Um, she's certainly, she must be with one of them. I wonder how we would deal. I wonder what we would do. Can you see? Listen, get hold of this story. And so they were supposing that Jesus was with them. But listen, you can have a whole load of suppositions. And the suppositions can prove wrong. And so here, in this story, there is a missing person. You see, he was absent. Um, They thought he was present, but he was absent. Now, if you turn to Luke chapter 24, he's present, but they think he's absent. I mean, it's just like they never learn. They never learn To get below the surface. Just like some of us. We don't go below the surface. Our Christian life becomes one that is lived in the fringes and not lived at the center. And so here in relationship. And so in this story of Jesus. It says thinking he was in their company. That's a bad thought. Huh? Thinking that he was in their company. You know, he thought he was, but he wasn't. How many times have we thought certain things only to prove later that our supposition was wrong? Huh? How many misunderstandings have we 
faced in life because we suppose certain things were true when in the end they were wrong. Can you see, listen, it's just one of those things that we can learn from here. It's never just suppose certain things. You see here, there is a missing person and there is a lost presence. Now I wonder about you this morning, a missing person or a lost presence? See, how do you view Jesus this morning? Is he just a person? Well, we think he was here, but he seems to have gone. You know, we think that there's a story about him coming, but we don't know his presence today. I'm here to tell you that you can know this wonderful presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so often we make such suppositions and because of that we miss the reality of his presence. You know, just because... Just because you don't have, you know, a, an experience of God whereby the, if I could put it like this, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up or whether you, you shake because you're in his presence or when somebody prays for you, nothing happens. And so you think that God's presence isn't there. Can you see? And so what happens, we turn our attention to look at our feelings, the way we feel, even the way that some of you may feel in the church this morning. And you can see people doing things and you can say, well, that song doesn't do that to me. It is okay. (laughs) What you need to understand is that you come to acknowledge his presence. And he isn't a missing person, and he isn't a lost presence. And so here, they supposed that he was with the thinking he was in their company. They traveled for a day. Then they began looking for him amongst relatives and friends, acquaintances. They looked for him amongst family first, family you know, is always closer or should be than acquaintances. But we live in a society today when so many of our families are so broken, so divorced and detached that what happens, we would rather go to acquaintances in order to find things out. Listen, that's they were just going through the normal process. The presence isn't here Jesus is missing we need to find him and as they began looking they went to their friends when they did not find him they went back to Jerusalem to look for him see sometimes in order to progress you have to go back in order to get hold of that which has become so precious you know so often is we just go through life and we don't take hold of how precious our relationship to Jesus really is. Let me tell you something this morning, that without Jesus Christ, we would be without hope in a crooked and a very perverse world. Without Jesus. Do you understand? Now because of Jesus, we have found hope. 
And not only that, that we have entered into a kingdom that is based upon righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's how precious this is. And so often is what we do is we don't take hold of just how precious this person Jesus is. Now I'm not saying that Mary and Joseph were bad people but it seems to me like for many of us here this morning we can lose we can lose something of the value and the preciousness of this person, Jesus Christ. And because of that, we suppose that he's with us and he's not. We suppose that he's present, but he's absent. We suppose so many things. And I wonder about you this morning, what you think, how you're living your life. Is it making any difference? Do you still have that closeness to his presence? You see here, as they went back, they went back to look for him. And it says, how, how long did they look? Three days. Listen, that's a four-day period when they have not found their child. Now listen, if it was in our day, the police would already be knocking on their doors. Do you understand? Wanting to find out why they haven't reported this missing person, this missing child. But think of what they would have gone through. Sometimes in the absence, the treasure becomes more precious. And I'm not saying that God makes himself absent. See, it was Mary and Joseph that went on. Jesus was just lingering around his father's house. Jesus just wanted to be in his father's presence. You know, one of the things that Jesus said that he came to do was to reveal the Father. So therefore, he was getting so close and getting such a revelation of the Father, which he was going to then reveal to us, to me and you. And so here, he was just in that place of his Father's presence. And so the absence of his presence made their search for him more rigorous and more precious. You may be here this morning and I don't know your life. I don't know what you've gone through this week. But there can be a time when you just feel that you need something more than what you have in your life. You know that what you're facing, you haven't got enough to get through. Whatever that is. And I'm not talking material things. I'm talking emotionally. Sometimes you don't think you've got the emotional strength to get through. Sometimes you feel that you're carrying such a weight. Or sometimes you feel that you're in such a place of darkness that you don't know the way through. Let me tell you, if you... Enter into a relationship with Jesus. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
Can you see? That's just what he said. I know this morning this is very simple. But listen, sometimes coming back to the simplicity of the central place of Jesus makes everything come into right perspective. Amen? And so that's what I'm here to tell you this morning for us all. No matter how long you've been saved or whether you're not saved. This message will help you get back to center place with the Lord Jesus. And so here, the lessons that we can... It says, after three days, they found him in the temple court sitting. They asked them questions, asking them questions. Everybody who heard him was amazed at his understanding. You know, it wasn't the questions, it was his understanding. How that they were saying things and Jesus had an understanding. And then when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said, son, why have you treated us like this? You know, isn't it the case? Whenever there's a problem, we always want to blame somebody. Huh? Have you noticed that? It's just like something goes wrong and it's not you leaving. It's him staying. Yeah. Why have you treated us like this? Don't you know that we've been looking for you for now four days? Jesus could have said, well, didn't you know I wasn't with you after the first hour? Huh? But he didn't. Even then, you see, it wasn't a point of who was right, who was wrong. Here it's coming back to the place where they knew his presence was with them. And so here, missing presence, a missing person, a lost presence. What about you this morning? See, your search becomes more intense the more precious the treasure is that you're looking for. Have you noticed that? I can remember... That um, Sharon, I think we were, well I say think, I know we were at Bible college and she um, misplaced her ring. And the, the intensity of the search increased the moments that the search went on. It wasn't just five minutes and it wasn't long within probably an hour we found it but you could see the intensity of the search as it was going longer you know like some of us men we leave our keys anybody in the habit of leaving your keys in places and I've, I've got a wonderful wife of wisdom I said, Sharon, have you seen my keys? Now, I've learned to say they're my keys, not our keys. Um, You know, that just gets me out of the place of being judgment. You know, that where have you put, I've I've gone beyond, where have you put my keys? (laughs) I'm now at the next stage. The next stage is, have you seen my keys? And, uh, and for me, I think that Sharon is the fount of all revelation, you know, regarding my keys. 
So I say to her, have you seen my keys? And she comes out with this wonderful word of wisdom. She says, well, I think they're at the place where you last had them. Now listen, ladies, let me just do it, ladies. That doesn't help. Yeah, the reason it doesn't help is because we have men have lots of things going on in our minds. You understand? And and because we have lots of things going on in our mind, the the sort of mere incidentals of keys doesn't sort of make that much difference to us. Yeah, and Sharon will say to me, have you, have you got your wallet? And I'm saying, well, sure I've got my wallet. Well, make sure. I, I said, but I'm sure, well, make sure. See if it's in your, and I'm thinking, no, it's not there. So I then say, have you seen my wallet? <laughs> you know? And uh, usually she may have it in her hand saying, I think, it, I think I've got it for you. I think um, once... Um, I played this trick on Tom. I think I, I took his wallet once. Uh, no, his phone. And um, we were in India. And we'd, we'd left the place where we were. And I, Tom had left his phone on the table. So I saw it. And I picked it up, put it in my pocket. And so we went to the next town. And uh, I said, Tom, you know. I said, can you give, um, can you give um, Daniel a call? So Tom was looking for his watch. And, and you, could see, you could see panic Panic setting in. You know, it went from here and it went right down to here. And uh, I didn't let it go all the way down. I said, I think it's here, Tom. Oh, you know. But you see, there's things that lost and we're constantly wanting to find them. Here, Jesus was the missing person. And... um, You know, so often when we're in that place where his presence isn't there, we're not feeling his presence. And I want to just look at some things this morning of how we can be so caught up in the mundane of the events of life and we miss those special times of his presence. See, something's lost. See, have you seen my Jesus, Have you seen? Yes, and he is where we last were with him. You understand sometimes that we come to a place where we can become so familiar. So familiar. And in the familiarity is we just think everything is going on. And I know there's the phrase familiarity breeds contempt. I don't think Joseph and Mary were contemptible people. They were just into the familiarity. They'd been up in the life of Jesus. They could have been up. They went up year by year. So here this was at least 12 times they could have been up. You know, more than that, they could have been up 36 times to the feasts. But they can become so familiar that they've seen Jesus with relatives, with friends, playing, walking, and so leaving to go home. They could have just thought, well, it's just the same as other years. He's around somewhere. And so their familiarity is that they don't pay attention to the reality 
of his presence. I wonder about you this morning. Getting into the familiarity and you don't pay attention to the wonder of his presence in your daily, everyday lives. And so because of that, they begin to search. See, and familiarity, if it leads us to a search, let me tell you, it's done its work. And so from familiarity, and I wonder if you become familiar with the things of the Spirit, the things of the presence of Jesus, and it's so easy. You know, we were in the prayer room this morning, and you know, as we were praying, I just had those words, that one day in your courts is a better than a thousand elsewhere. But listen, ask yourself, how true is that for you today? Yeah, don't, you, you haven't got to convince me. I know that there are days that go by. We were at Bible College in Wales. We lived and you could see the ocean or, or the sea every day from the college grounds. The first week that we were there, we walked along the beach every day. The second week we walked along the beach probably two days out of the seven. Because we were getting into studying all the other things. And then a month would go by and you wouldn't even see the sea. Sometimes you could be there a whole term. And the sea was there but you never saw it. Why? Familiarity. See, sometimes even in our reading of the scriptures, even in our praying, the average pastor, and I hope I'm more than the average, but the average pastor prays less than 10 minutes a week. And we wonder why the church is not going places. Can you see? And so also, how much do we pray? I'm not talking about the arranged meetings. I'm talking about the prayer meetings. And listen, this is not a get out for you to get to the prayer meetings. I mean, it really isn't. Because I know that prayer is a thing of the heart. It's out of our hearts that our mouths speak. And so if, We're not praying people. There's something wrong with the treasure that we have in our hearts. You understand me? See, this is simple, but it's real. And here, this story, it tells us so many things of how life goes on. You know, reading the Bible, I'm not talking about, you know, I hope that you've read some of the passages that I've given you um, for this month. You know, if you haven't, ask God to give you a desire for his word. It's good. You understand? It will do you good. And, uh, and so here we can become just familiar with these things. And yet there was a time when you would devour his word. There was a time when nobody would ever ask you to pray. You would be up with the larks praying that you would be in places where people were praying. What's happened? See, we can go on a journey and presume that because we prayed, 
all those years ago, it's going to work for us now. Listen, I have to. I have to read the scriptures daily. I have to pray daily. Why? Because my history doesn't take me into my destiny. It's who I am today that takes me into my destiny. And so we can often think, well, we've done that. I've read the Bible so many times. I don't need to read it. You know, I'm, I'm familiar with these stories. Is there anything more to get from them? Well, listen, I'm getting more from reading this story today. And so here... There's the familiarity. There is the complacency. The complacency can lead you into acquaintances. Having an acquaintance with the scriptures. Having an acquaintance with the presence of Jesus. You know, and so often I looked at, you know, when you've lost something, you know, we have a whole lot of acquaintances. Do you know what some of our acquaintances are today? Facebook. Those are our acquaintances. That we get on to Facebook and we look at, you know, what's on your mind. As if people are going to tell you. I mean, as I've said before, my mind is a dangerous neighborhood. I never go there alone. And I'm very careful who I take there with me. Do you understand? But there's the, there's the Facebook acquaintance. And, and if we don't get what we're looking for on Facebook, I don't know about you, but you can scroll down and scroll down and scroll down, you know, a hundred or so people and you haven't met one person who you know. And yet they're all telling you some sort of advice. So there's Facebook and we message and then there is Instagram. Instagram, it's not looking at a text message. Instagram makes it even easier for you because you have a pop-up picture. You know, and it says things like, these are the things. It says, um, such and such is on Instagram. They haven't been on there for a while. You know, missing person. (laughs) Not showed up. And yet you get. And so then we flick through and flick through and flick through. And... um, or is it you flick through? You know, how'd you do it with long nails, Maureen? Yeah, I know it's a different way of doing it. And, um, and so here we go on because there is the picture. Or we look at Twitter. And we look at what's posting on Twitter. And we see the sound bites. And we see the little slogans that you can't make much Um, out of because they're only a snapshot and they don't tell you the whole story and so here for us there are acquaintances that we get and we think that this is the real the real world so we look at google we look at wikipedia we look at you can even get now theopedia and all of these things because they're shortcuts what they become is acquaintances it doesn't bring you into the real world And in what God wants is for you to come into the real world. And so here we can move into a place where we're complacent. And I hope for any one of us here, we're certainly not on Snapchat. 
And if you don't know about that, you're safe. If you do, get off it. You know? And so, you know, the the other thing is that we can become presumptuous. Thinking he was, but he wasn't. Do you remember Samson? Samson was presumptuous. Samson thought he could go out as before and he didn't realise that the spirit of God had left him. See, that's what presumption will do. You think you're okay when you're not. And so for us, you know, here they just went on a journey and they just supposed, they presumed that he was there and he wasn't. You know, it's just like if you've read Pilgrim's Progress. Do you remember when he he goes and he loses the scroll and he's climbing up the hill and he goes to get the scroll out in order to give him encouragement, realizes that it's missing and he has to go all the way back to, I think it is the Slough of Despond, where he left it last in order to help him You see, and even for us, listen, there is a place where God wants to make his presence known to you. He really does. He doesn't want us to be in that place of presumption. And also from that, see, there is always a fading glory. That's what Samson tells us. It's the fading glory that God is lifting from him. And then he says to himself, I will go out at other times. Then realizes that it's not the same as at other times. What about you this morning? Do you feel as if it's not like as at other times? Come back to his presence. Come back to that sense of the treasure that you found that was of great price. That you abandon yourself to it. And come back again to that place. You know, all there's just disobedience. Where we just go against what God has for our lives. Or what the Spirit has said. You know, it's easy, isn't it, to keep to the speed limits when there's a blue light flashing behind you. Have you noticed how easy it is? How people slow down? Have you seen too how easy it is when there's no blue light behind you and you just start to increase your speed? Why? Because the law is no longer there watching over you. See, and so often we can become so used to living a certain way, even walking in disobedience, knowing what the Spirit wants you to do, but you choose not to do it. You see, and at the beginning, it's like the blue light flashing. And then what happens, the blue light stops flashing. And then what happens, you don't feel that there's any need to be concerned about it. And then what happens is you realize that you've moved to a place which you never wanted to get to. And the best thing for you is to move right the way back into his presence Not to the point of legalism, the place of his presence. Are you with me this morning? And so because of that, see, we move out of those places. Or we come to the place of denial. Remember Jesus, I don't know this person. 
So he had the presence, but he denied that he knew the presence. Why? Because he was intimidated by the people and what they may do to him if he didn't, if he spoke out. See, so often we can be in our places of work and we can deny. How do we deny? We just listen to all the other stuff that's going on. And we know we shouldn't, but we do. We know we should speak out, but we don't. We know we shouldn't agree, but we don't. See, and we have to come back to this place. Listen, this is a very simple message this morning. But I feel that we need it because of where God wants to take us. See, God wants you to grow. He wants you to increase. He wants to put a grace upon you that you've never known before. And it comes from his presence. And then here, we need to come back to where we last saw him. Where did they last see him? In his father's house. They need to come back to Jerusalem. See the general. But then from the general location, they need to come back to the specific place, the temple. Don't stay in the general. Get back to the specific place. Get back to the places where God has spoken to you in the past because he will speak to you again. You know, just some things to help you. Find where you left him. You know, the Bible talks about that if you seek me with all your heart, I will be found of you. You know, and it's so simple. But we have to come to the place where we're seeking God with all our heart again. How do we seek him with all our heart? One is focus. Get your focus right again. Get your focus to the place where you last experienced his presence. That's all you have to do. The last time, whether it was in a meeting, whether it was in your bedroom, whether it was in your study, whether it was driving in the car and you had a particular message or you had a particular worship CD on, whatever it was, go back to that place. Why? Because he will meet with you again. Jesus often met there with his his disciples. Why? Because it was a place that he had chosen to meet with them. And they could go there and meet with them. He could go there and meet with them. So focus. Second thing is diligence. See, be diligent. They look for three days. Don't give up if nothing happens in the first ten minutes. You know, we need to constantly be focusing our attention upon the presence of God. Let me tell you that your relationship is far more important than receiving any prophetic word. Because if you have Jesus' presence, he is the spirit of prophecy. He is the testimony. He will give you a testimony that will be so radical and prophetic that it will change the course of your life. You know, we need to get back to that place. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Come on. 
Listen, don't you believe in things when people talk to you and say, have you heard? And listen, this is the stupidity of it all. Have you heard? I heard the audible inner voice today. What? I heard the audible inner voice. Anybody here ever heard the audible inner voice of God? Listen, it comes in your mind. The audible is what I'm speaking now. But you see, our minds, we have the mind of Christ. And so therefore, we can think the very thoughts of God when we are center. And it can feel like he is speaking to us, but he isn't audible. He's beginning to use our natural ability to be able to imagine. To imagine worlds. To imagine life. As he intended for us. Hallelujah. And don't you ever trust anybody who says this is a high level prophecy. Why? Because Jesus is the highest level. See, diligence. And there are people who say this is a high level. It's only to give themselves a prophet, to give themselves a platform. Listen, Jesus is seated on his throne and he is the spirit of prophecy every prophecy we should have should come from his level not our level and so here be diligent don't listen to other people get back to his presence see don't wait have you got a word from the lord for me listen jesus is the living word Come back to that place. And I am not. You know that we value prophecy here. I'm just saying, don't seek the prophet, seek the presence. Because when you have his presence, God can communicate with you. And that's what he longs to do. And so then when you hear the prophetic, it will only affirm, it will begin to clarify the very things that God has been speaking to you. You have access to his throne room. So be diligent, be diligent of listening for the still small voice of God. Listen to the inner talkings of God as he meets with you and he will. And sometimes the inner workings or the inner voice of God will be that you just are reminded of a verse of scripture. Do you understand? That is prophetic. As you're in prayer, you've been praying for certain things. And as you're praying, a verse will flow into your heart and into your mind. Is that less than having a prophetic word? No. That is God communicating with you from his word. And say they needed to get back to his presence. And when they came back to his presence, he said, didn't you know that I should be about my father's business? So diligence. And then following on that, continually be persistent. So focus, diligence, persistence. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent to be found without spot and without blemish. 
2 Peter 3.14. And so here, God wants the affection of your heart as you give him your attention. Listen, I just feel that God wants you to move right back into that place of just knowing his presence. Knowing his presence in the secret place. Knowing his presence in the public place. You see here, Jesus went through all of these things. Drew his parents back to the presence. And listen to what it says. And with this, I finish. And I may continue the next time I get to speak. And it says here, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured. All these things in her heart. What things? Seeing her son in the place of his father's presence. See, here they were at the feast of Passover. Here they were at the time when the Shekinah glory would come down amongst God's people. Here they were as they remembered great deliverance. So she treasured these things in her heart. And it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and with man. See, God wants you to grow. But that growth comes from being in his presence. Even Jesus knew what it was to be in the presence of his father. Even Jesus knew what it was to live in the, for for the time that Jesus lived, that Shekinah glory, the anticipation of God's presence coming amongst them. See, Jesus wants us constantly to be in that place of his Shekinah glory. To be in that place where his glory, his presence comes down and we are so aware of his presence that you could reach out and touch him if you were to open your eyes you know that type of feeling that type of sense of his abiding with us see god wants you to come back see to to go back and touch his presence means that we can then go forward And not to, it means that we continue to struggle. And we continue to miss out on what we could have to treasure up in our hearts. Now listen, this morning you may be here. And now as I've been speaking, you thought, yes, you know, my life has become a little bit like Mary and Joseph. You know, not the one that had the overshadowing of the presence, but the one who just out of a sense of familiarity just left something that she treasured behind. And listen, I want you to just acknowledge that this morning before God. You may be here this morning and you have never been in a place where Jesus, the Jesus I've spoken about this morning, has become a treasure to you. That is a treasure that is able to transform your life and change your life from where it is and move it to where God wants you to be. 
Listen, there is opportunity here for you this morning. Why don't we all stand this morning? And I want you all to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you this morning and I give my heart to you. I receive you today as my Savior and my Lord. And Lord Jesus, I come back to that central place of your presence. Receive me as I come. Allow me to treasure the things that you treasure. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you afresh. And I receive you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap, shall we?